The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is Monday, April 17th, and Iowa State's men's basketball roster is officially set for the 2023-2024 season after the Cyclones make their third edition of the transfer cycle, uh, adding Curtis Jones, the high-scoring guard out of Buffalo, averaged 15 points a game last season, uh, shot about 35% from three-point range, uh, and someone who you know, kind of completes that trio of guards that this team uh, is going to be bringing in. Uh, and when you look at the, the roster on paper, you know, this is really strong. I don't, I don't feel like there's really any major weakness. You know, a lot of the times these last couple of years, when you first start to look at the roster on paper, you can start to see some question marks of things that, you know, really jump out to you in a, in a serious way off the bat. And I just, I don't quite see that as much. I think ball handling will be maybe a conversation that, that we're going to have. We'll get there in just a minute. But, uh, you know, I think that as a whole, you look up and down this group, this is going to be a really strong group, a team that's going to have a really good chance to, you know, make Iowa State a, a borderline top 25 team going into the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of people have them in their top 25 rankings after this, you know, as we get closer towards next November, October, November. Um, I think that TJ Otzelberger and their staff and his staff knocked this one out of the park, quite frankly. I think this was a home run uh, of an offseason, you know, very low drama got your targets, saw the guys that you wanted to go and get. You go and get all three of them. Had four guys come on campus, uh, and the fourth was kind of a situation where I think Iowa State, you know, kind of backed out of that one rather than, you know, getting beat or anything like that. So we're going to run through each of the position groups. We're going to talk about every guy that's going to be on this team. You know, what I I kind of see is their, their offseason uh, could look like where I see their role playing, you know, going into, uh, into 22, 2023-24 uh, next season. Um, I think this team, when you look at it up and down, you know, it has to start with the point guard spot. Uh, and, and his development, Taman Lipsy's development, is going to impact a lot of these things, I think, of how this team is going to play. I think you've seen where, you know, TJ and his staff made a, a concerted effort to go out there and get three guys who can really dribble, pass, and shoot, you know, and and I know that everybody's well, you know, you obviously want to always get guys who can dribble, pass, and shoot. It's harder than it, you know, easier said than done uh, to get those guys who can really make plays uh, at all three levels. You know, they're guys who all averaged a couple assists per game. Um, you know, they're all guys who can put the ball on the deck, uh, but they're also guys who can play without the basketball. I think that's the biggest key is that Taman Lipsy uh, is going to be the centerpiece of things here from what I can am able to gather of how I look at this team, how I feel like this team is going to come together. I would not be surprised to see Taman be a little bit more ball dominant and be, you know, that true table setter uh, with a myriad of weapons around him at, at basically every level of the defense. The key for Taman, we all know this, he's got to be able to shoot the basketball better than what he, you know, what he did as a freshman. Uh, he has to be a threat in that area for him to be able to make a, a major stride and take a major stride forward. If he's able to do those things, if he's able to improve as a shooter and able to become someone who can uh, can knock down on a shots on a consistent basis, then I think he's going to have a shot uh you know, to, to be an all big 12 type of guy as a sophomore, uh, make a leap, you know, be 
someone who even going into the season, you know, as a junior could be a, a preseason, all big 12 preseason, you know, big 12 player of the year type of guy. Uh, I'm thinking that we could see that kind of leap uh, from him going into, into year two, uh, all big 12. That's gotta be his goal. That's gotta be what he's thinking about. He wants to be the best point guard in the big 12. Easier said than done. You got Dewan Harris coming back for Kansas. Uh, got LJ Cryer that's going to be at Houston. There's going to be some guys, you know, Jamal Shedd's going to be at Houston. Uh, there's going to be some guys who are really competing for that. But I think Taman Lipsy takes some steps forward. He's got an opportunity to, to fill that void. Um, Pavel, Jackson Pavletsky, Keyshawn Gilbert, Curtis Jones. I think they all kind of fit into the same category here of guys that – you know, we're going to play off the ball are going to be your, your peer scorers. Obviously Lolo is really excited about Iowa state's recruiting, recruiting victories. Um, but I think that these are your three guys that are going to play off the ball. They're going to be your scorers. They're going to, you're going to bring one of one or two of them off the bench, uh, to kind of be your instant energy when you bring them, uh, bring them into the game. And it will just be interesting to see, you know, now that they're not going to be in positions where they're kind of the centerpiece of everything that's going on, you know, jumping up to this big 12 level, how do they make that adjustment? You know, how do the three of them, you know, fit together? How do the three of them fit with, uh, with Taman Lipsy? It will be an interesting off season. I think for Iowa state, just to kind of mix and match these groups, uh, see what kind of options there are for you as far as what can you, you know, what can you do, you know, right now, we just don't know what this team can do there. We haven't seen them really play together. Nobody's seen them play together, but that's what this off season is going to be about is, is how do these guys play? Well, who, who plays well together? How do you get those guys on the floor together at the, the most that you possibly can? Um, it's just going to be a constant, you know, battle of, of mixing and matching and things like that. But I think Iowa state with these three guys, got three guys who can really fill it up. If given the opportunity, um, you know, you got three guys who can all go for you and get you 20 points. You know, if, I think if, you if you really need them to and um that's why i say home run because i think that when you add three guys who can really fill it up in this era of college basketball uh then you've got to be pretty dang happy uh jelani hamilton uh or let's let's do jeremiah williams first jeremiah williams i think he's got to be the guy that you go into this into this next season you know as a wild card a little bit uh we haven't seen him play obviously coming back from the achilles injury you know been with the program um and he would have arguably been Iowa State's starting point guard this past year. Uh, so what does him coming back into the equation, how does that change things at, at all for Iowa State? Does he become, you know, is, a, is he able to push Taman and maybe be in a position where Taman's going to have to come off the bench? I find that hard to believe with as good as he was as a freshman. But I think, you know, you look at the physical transformation from an upper body standpoint that Jeremiah Williams has made. He's a grown-ass man. You know, this is a guy that um, – you know, would have had an opportunity to be a very good Big 12 player if it had not been for that Achilles injury. I think we all know that that's a difficult injury to recover from, especially for basketball players. One that is, you know, in some situations has been career ending. Um, I don't think that's been the case for Jeremiah, but I have heard at times that he's, you know, still working his way back into into being able to do things, you know, isn't able to, to go full contact yet as far as I know. Um, but once he is, you know, I think that that – it throws a, just a, an interesting, you know, wrinkle into the situation. Um, and I think that it gives you two guys who can be really quality point guards for you. You know, you can have two guys out there at the same time, just another guy who can dribble, pass and shoot. And when you, when you have, you know, four guys that I think you can feel five guys that I think you can feel really confident with in their ability to pass and their ability to score, um, and their ability to handle the basketball, then, you know, 
you're going to be in a good position. You need as many ball handlers as you can need in today's age of college basketball. Iowa State's going to have a bunch of those guys who can really make plays out there on the perimeter. Last one, Jelani Hamilton. Man, it's going to be tough for Jelani to be able to carve out a role with all these guys that are coming back, a bunch of guys that have played a bunch of college basketball already. Um, But it'll be interesting to see how does he work into this equation. You know, as a freshman, does he come in and can he force TJ Otzelberger and their staff to have to play him? Uh, That is what the battle that Jelani Hamilton is probably facing uh, going into his freshman season is how good can he be in the offseason to force TJ and the staff to have to put him on the basketball court. Uh, If they're not, if he's not able to force them to play, then I would imagine it's going to be a long offseason or a long season for Jelani with a lot of, you know, work as a development from a development standpoint, rather than getting on the floor and playing in a bunch of games. Um, That'll just be interesting to see, you know, because he, he's a guy who, you know, brings some raw tools to the table, but I think people see as more of maybe a four-year program type of guy. You know, what kind of impact can he make uh, right away within the program uh, in year one? Uh, looking at the wings, this is going to be the group that I think will be kind of interesting to follow. Uh, you know, those guards are really interesting, but I think these wings right here, what do these guys look like a year from now? Uh, you know, what is what is that year – another year of development look like uh, for the, for these four guys. First up, coming back this year, Demarion Watson. Uh, I've written this. I've said this on podcasts. I don't know how many times, you know, J.R. Blount came on the podcast and was telling us about this uh, before last season. People have, have had really high praise for Demarion Watson since the moment that he walked into the program. He has NBA potential, potential. Uh, because it's not there yet. He's not going to be a guy that's on the radar at this point. But I'm telling you right now, if he can develop the ability to knock down a three-point shot with consistency, knock down that corner three, uh, knock down those catch-and-shoot shots that you know you're able to you know, a point guard or a guard's able to draw the defense, kick it back out to him. He can knock that shit that uh, that shot down with regularity. Um, with the type of tools that he brings on the defensive end at six foot seven, he can guard all, you know, basically all five positions. He's got to keep getting stronger, but you know, he, we've shown what he's able to do as far as, you know, being able to alter blocker, what he can do as a rebounder. We've seen offensively his cutting ability. I thought was one of the best things that Iowa state had going at the very end of, of this past year. Um, Demarion Watson is a guy who could absolutely explode if he has a big off season. Uh, he needs to have that big off season, but if he does, he is a guy that I think a lot of people are going to find out about very, very quickly. Um, but again, got to have that good off season, uh, got to make some significant strides and, and really, you know, make some growth as far as, as what you're able to bring to the table offensively. Cause I think he's got all the tools defensively, uh, to be a very, very good player and, and be someone who can make that leap to the next level. Omaha Baloo. You know, uh, I I battled whether or not to put him in the bigs category or put him on the wing. I think he's a wing. I think he's a guy who can play the three, can play the four, can play the five. He gives you a lot of versatility in what you're able to do with your lineups. I think he can play a lot of different positions, play around the rim, knock down shots from the perimeter. He is going to be kind of the key. You know, what's uh, I say that that Taman is is the key, but I think this is another guy who just gives you that versatility of of all the different things that you can do. And he can play so many different positions. He can play out on the wing. You know, like I said, he can play on the wing or he can play as a big. He just is versatile and uh, he's versatile defensively and that he can guard a bunch of different positions. He can be the anchor of your defense or he can be the spear of it and play out at the top of the uh, of the uh, of the perimeter and um, and really be able to make things happen that, that way. Uh 
he is just going to be unlike any type of athlete that Iowa State has had on their team in quite some time. Frankly, he just is. Uh, it, I know everybody's really excited, but he, you know, he is he is the real deal from a, a, a standpoint of being able to make things happen out there on the basketball court. Uh, Milan Momsilovich, uh, if you had to, if you had to say a guy that could maybe you know be a Big Twelve freshman of the year or something like that, who's going to score enough to be able to to make that kind of an impact? I think this is your guy. Uh, I think that he's someone who's going to be able to knock down shots from the perimeter with regularity, what he is able to do in the post. How can he make plays uh, for other people out of, uh, out of what he does in the post? Um, Cause I think we all know that he can put the ball in the basket. And I think that by the time he's done at Iowa state, he will be one of the best in the big 12 at being able to put the basketball uh, into the basket. How quickly does that come along? He's kind of slight. You know, the frame needs to add a little bit of weight. This offseason will be big for him in that in that aspect. Um, but we know that he is someone who can really fill it up, you know, once he starts, once he gets going. And um, I think he's someone that is going to have that big-time potential for Iowa State. That's no secret. You know, he's just uh, – he's a big-time scorer and someone that Iowa State, you know, is going to be able to utilize just to, you know – the best Iowa State teams I've covered have been the ones that just have a bunch of guys who can make stuff happen. This is going to be one of those teams, I have a feeling. Uh, you know, it obviously is going to all have to come together, but I just think that you look up and down. We've gone through seven guys, eight guys, nine guys, I guess, and uh, nearly every one of them is a guy that you feel comfortable about. You know, that could change. Obviously, there's going to be things that are going to happen this offseason that can change some of that stuff. But, man, I just feel like there's a bunch of dudes who can just make stuff happen. And when you've got a bunch of dudes who can make stuff happen on your team, a lot of times you're going to give people trouble. Uh, Caden Fish, another one, I just wasn't sure where to, to slide him in. Is he a big? Is he wing? Um, we're going to have to kind of see what how that kind of progresses. I, I've heard people compare him to Melvin Edgem, you know, when he was coming in. Uh, again, another guy that when you just look up and down this roster, it's going like, to be hard for someone to be able to play you know, there's, it's going to be hard for people to carve out some playing time just because of the sheer numbers of how many guys are, are on this team and um, how many guys that you have can make a contribution on this team already. Caden uh, going to be a, a big offseason from a development standpoint and for him to be able to prove uh, that he belongs out there on the court with uh, with this group. And if he's able to do that, then, you know, it, I feel like at that point you have to feel confident in his ability because he will have had to climb a pretty significant mountain to, you know, get into position to get serious playing time. Last but not least, my favorite thing, I love the Bigs. I love these, this group. I think this will be a an interesting group to, to kind of keep an eye on. Trey King is going to be your centerpiece in that front court. Uh, a guy that I think, you know, Fran Fraschilla said he could see him averaging 20 and eight as, in his second year with Iowa, or not 20 and eight, 12 and eight, 12 points, eight boards. Uh, man, 20 and eight, that would be, that'd be something. That's, that's darn near Big 12 player of the year type of, uh, type of numbers. But 12 and eight, uh, be a borderline all Big 12 type of guy. You know, I think for him, you would like to be able to see him to continue to develop that ability to step out to the three point line. Iowa State's going to be able to play some five out and have five guys that can put the ball on the deck and drive by you. Uh, Trey King, we know what he's able to do in the post. There's just going to be a bunch of guys who can make things happen at multiple levels of the defense. Trey King's another one of them. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, for him now that he's going to be more, a little bit more comfortable. He's been through the rigors of the Big 12. He's going to get a full season to be able to play. Uh, he's a guy that I'm really excited about, really excited about his potential and his possibilities going into next season uh, for the Cyclones. Robert Jones, Big Rob Energy, I'm telling you right now, 
everybody wants to complain about Robert Jones. Everybody loves to complain about Robert Jones. I challenge you right now to go through the Big 12 and find me a better backup big man in the Big 12 right now today than Robert Jones. You can't do it. Can't do it. I'm not sure you could have done it. I mean, I'm not sure how many names you'd have to go through this past year to really find one. He's solid in his role, and that's what you want. Like, when you're going to have a team like this, a team of guards and wings of guys that can really make things happen, man, you need that enforcer. You need that guy who's going to bring the heat, the guy who's going to bring a little bit of energy, bring some physicality. Robert Jones is your guy, you know. And like I said, I know people are going to complain. I know that people are going to say, well, why is Robert Jones so – this is why. Because Robert Jones is solid at his, at his role. He knows how to do his job. Uh, does he have some moments where he could improve? Yeah, but so does everybody. You know, everybody makes some mistakes. Uh, but I think Robert Jones is really solid at what he does, bringing him back, another program guy. I think he'll be one of the first guys to play three years for Iowa State in quite some time. Name me the last guy who played three seasons for Iowa State basketball. Uh, and I just think that, you know, Solomon Young, it probably would be who it is now that I think about it. Another guy who was just solid in his role, man. Like, he just – was he all Big 12? No. Was he an All-American? No. But, man, he was just solid at what he had to do. And when you got guys that are just solid at what they have to do, um, especially when you can surround them with a bunch of really talented players, man, you're going to be okay. You don't need to worry about him. Uh, I'm not, I don't think people need to be worried about what Robert Jones is bringing to the table. Uh, Hassan Ward, another one. I don't think people need to be worried about what he's bringing to the table. He's really good at what he does. You know, finishing around the rim, being able to create havoc on the defensive end. Uh, he's just a guy who – is like I said, he's just really good at what he does. Like I, I think that these guys that you've gotten this in the, uh, you know, in the front court. Like, is there anybody who's going to be Zach Eady? No. Like, is there anybody that's going to be, you know, the greatest, you know, best big man in America? No. But man, you got three guys that I think you feel really solid that when they go out there on any given night, they're going to do their job and they're going to give you one hundred percent. And that is easier said than done to find uh, in today's age of college basketball. That's all I'm going to say. And they, I know it's April 17th, uh, and there's, what, six months until the first game, seven months until the first game. Um, but that's where I'm at, you know, I think as far as that, as that front court goes. I'm not concerned about that group. I think they've got everything that they need in order for, for them to be really solid, just like the rest of this team. I really like this roster where it sits right now. Uh, obviously, there's going to be some things to sort through. Um, but I think that TJ and his and his staff did a fantastic job of being able to put this thing together uh, and give Iowa State a good shot, you know, to be able to get to the NCAA tournament for the third year in a row and be someone who competes towards uh, the top of the Big 12. We're going to have to wait and see, you know, how a lot of things shake out for other Big 12 teams. You know, you still got – you know, Texas Tech had Jalen Tyson go into the portal yesterday. So you've still got movement going all around, all up and down the league. Um, but as of right now today, Iowa State's having as good of an offseason as I think anybody in the league besides maybe West Virginia, who has been having a very, very good offseason uh, that could continue to get even better if they continue to get some good players that uh, I, I know that they're running on right now. So uh, I think Iowa State's in a good spot. I think everybody should be happy that Iowa State had a drama-free offseason for the most part to this point. Um, and Iowa State is going to be in a good position to, to have another very good men's basketball team in 2023-24. All right, thanks, everybody, for tuning in to today's podcast. We will talk to you guys again here later on in the week. I think uh, Title IX's got Leah Nelson, so Iowa State softball's Leah Nelson coming on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, we'll hear from them uh, tomorrow, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Peace.